0: cheer along as always you know what we call fridays around here it's ryan day with the renegade ryan steve what's up our dog so it's now the renegade
1: and our dog you love, get a new nickname uh, every, time every you week, come here. all right okay no right. the show does that for you I yeah that's true yeah um so yeah i i'll embrace it why not why not well, we're glad
0: to have you here. Well, thanks. Yeah, thank you. We we, uh, we do a lot here on Fridays with Ryan, and we've got a lot coming up here over the course of the show. We've got, of course, the Friday Funnies. We recap Northern Hockey, uh, Northern Basketball, what have you. We're not going to recap Northern <laughs> Hockey. We're going to preview Northern Hockey mm-hmm. and then recap Northern Basketball and preview their tournament. We have a lot of tournaments coming up as we flip the calendar to March. We get March Madness going, Friday Funnies, what he looks like, all that more coming up yep. today. It's going to be a fun show. Yeah, it's going to be an entertaining one. And our last one in February.
1: We're That's already two I,
0: months into 2020. Yeah, How,
1: t- how time really flies. Isn't like it? Yeah. Like girls basketball is in districts next week. Yes. Basketball season is almost over. I can't
0: believe it. I really
1: can't. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw that last night when I was typing up the girls roundup and, for the paper, and I'm just like, I'll be. It's like it's almost over. It finally I mean, hit yeah, me. Yeah. It's like it's almost March, almost the end of basketball, almost the end of hockey. So.
0: I was at the Westwood game last night, and I'm thinking, I maybe have one more <laughs> game left in that gym this year. If they win Monday, I'll have one more game left in that gym this year. I cannot believe it. Wow. It feels like mid-season still. <laughs> it feels like we just had New Year's. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And then, like,
1: some teams are going to be on the road the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, this is hard to predict, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, I've seen really crazy stuff. I've seen teams that, you know, look like they'll blow away their opponent in the first round. Mm-hmm. And then they'll tripped up you know and a dream season goes out the window
0: Well, we're gonna have that coming up next week the march madness and what have you we have a special show actually on monday we've got quite a few guests i'm gonna tease that a little bit that it's gonna make for a really fun show coming up on monday to preview the girls districts it'll be must listen radio i was trying to think of what the equivalent to must watch tv would be must listen i think it's must listen radio but that doesn't sound as good now that i say it out loud it doesn't sound as good but it gets the point across, doesn't it? All right. Make sure to like turn your dial, I guess. Turn it to the right. Turn yeah. that dial and rip the knob off. Yeah, You're they're not going to need it anymore. Yeah. Keep yeah. it right
1: here to ESPN-UP. Crank it up to 11. There you go.
0: Is that the old school saying that? I feel like it is. That's not what the kids are saying, Ryan.
1: It, well, I know it's not lit, but, <laughs> I mean, it's like late 80s, early 90s, isn't it? I don't know.
0: I tell you what, here's uh, what we got to get here to uh, to start off. We've got a lot of northern Michigan stuff to talk about. That's why we're glad to have Ryan here, because it's Beat Tech Week, and uh, hopefully we get that done this weekend on the hockey side of things. Let's start with basketball, though, because they had Tech last night at the Barry Event Center. They closed the regular season. I could not believe my eyes from two different sources when I read this that Michigan Tech was 18 of 20 from behind the arc in the men's game.
1: It's hard to beat a team that that's Isn't hot. it? Yeah. I mean, Northern actually, from what I heard, was within two at one point. Like They were at yeah. 45-43 in
0: the yeah. second half.
1: And then it's just every they, Tech couldn't miss. Mm. And it's like, even if you're making your shots, anytime a team hits 18-3s, you're just not going to be able to...
0: 18-3s is that good?
1: Just a bit. <laughs> I mean, eight, I, mean I, I can't understand how a team can keep I up. I can't yeah. either. It's like... That's
0: just, what do you say if you're mad? I mean, you've got to go in there thinking, they cannot shoot like this the whole game, guys. You know, we play our game, they're going to cool off, and they just don't cool off. That's what, 54 points just on 18? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in
1: some cases, that's all you need to win a game. Yes. So it's like, that's just insane. And the guy, I mean, and it was... You know, the last home game, Northern was trying to get that last spot. Home 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 court it, it was gone, but uh, trying to get that eighth spot. They got in there luckily because Lake State got tripped up by Ferris. So now they get Ferris in the first round. Not ideal, but I sent out a tweet today in the last couple of weeks that Northern lost, almost beat Ferris, came down mm-hmm. to the last possession of the game. They almost beat Grand Valley again, came, went to double overtime, got... You know, bad call cost them the win in, in regulation, and then they beat Davenport in overtime. So the men's team can beat good teams. Mm-hmm. It's just now they have to risk, they have to run the table and win three in a row if they want to make the NCAA tournament.
0: And they've almost been better on the road this year, which is weird. Sometimes it's like that. You see, it?
1: It, I mean, there's some like a couple of years ago, Northern was hockey was so dominant at home mm-hmm. and not great on the road, which is typically the case for teams, right? You know, look at the World Series last year. Every game... Went to get seven games, and every time the road team won. Mm-hmm. So crazy stuff can happen.
0: I tell you what, it's like the reverse 76ers, but that's kind of what they did. Northern came into the uh, situation here a couple weeks ago. They thought, you know, we probably need to win two of these last three games, maybe all three. They had a chance in all three somewhat because uh, they went to overtime, the first two, they split those two, and probably should have won both of them. Like you said, there was a bad call that cost them against Grand Valley. And then they did score 61 against Tech, and I know 18-20 to 20 is hard to beat. Sixty one is enough to win a ball game. Yeah. And if someone shoots eighteen to twenty to beat you, you know, I think you, sometimes you gotta accept that, you yeah. know, like that's something that it takes it, it, to beat you. It's so rare to have that happen. But I mean you gotta feel fairly encouraged if you're northern how you played the last few weeks, at least on the offensive end. Yeah,
1: and then you know, you know, going in the tournament that you almost can beat that team. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that you can keep up with them. I mean It's a little deflating, you know, Mm -hmm. when a team beats you, a rival beats you that bad, but it's also kind of a freak night. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes there are just weird games where a team just can't miss, and no matter what you do or how well you play, I mean, if they're hitting 18 threes, it's like you just can't keep up. And Northern's actually a decent three-point shooting team. It's just... If you're not keeping mm-hmm. up with them, if you're if you're not hitting eighteen when they're hitting eighteen, it's just not going to happen. It is. How do you possibly? I still can't believe it. I know it's fact,
0: and I still can't wrap my head around that. No,
1: it's. Uh, I mean, people were bewildered on social media last night. It's mm-hmm. like I. I mean, a high, can you imagine a high school team oh, making geez. that many. I mean, it's like. At some point, as a coach, especially in high school, you're just like "This just ain't gonna happen no. for us you know it's like no matter how well your team is playing offensively, if the other team just can't miss it's just like it's just not gonna happen then you you feel like you accept it mm-hmm. like like at the start of the fourth quarter, you're just like, we're not coming back from this it's just how it is. Well,
0: nonetheless, Northern lost two of the best players in school history last year. They lose their coaching staff, their top two coaches from that staff, and they still find a way to get into the tournament after being picked to finish last in their division.
1: That's an accomplishment it itself, is. because Northern was, at one point, in contention for holding, having a home playoff game mm-hmm. to start the Gleeck tournament. And, you know, it kind of slipped away from them, but it's not like they played bad. It's just they were playing really good teams, and mm-hmm. things didn't go their way. Whereas... You know, it's it's a huge thing. You know, Naba and Isaiah left. They're I think Naba's what, fourth or fifth all time? And Isaiah's like, is like eighth in all time leading scores, and it's like that's insane. Mm-hmm. They were picked last and they ended up getting the eight seed. As I said in a tweet, it's like oh, eight seed that's not that great. But I'm like, when you're picked to finish dead last in the GLIAC, and you manage to make the tournament That's still something to be Mm -hmm. proud of.
0: I tell you what, on the women's side of things, they got off to a good start, and they fell behind at halftime. They had a really rough second quarter. Fought back to get within three, but ultimately fall in the final minute against Tech. It's just,
1: that was a weird game. I mean, it's again, Northern lost to Tech again. For some reason, the women's team, beating Tech is just a hard task for them, and I don't quite understand it. I mean, Northern almost won the GLIAC North last year, only had to beat Tech to get it, and they lost to Tech, and missed out on that. And yet, strangely enough, Northern makes the NCAA tournament, and Tech doesn't. Mm -hmm. So Now, Tech barely snuck their way into the GLIAC tournament, and uh, I think they're going to have a hard time. I mean, Northern, everybody's going to have to play. The women's team is... I mean, I know I sounded like a broken record in every preview I write, but it's like basically since late January, they've been limping into the
0: they are She's, kind of a broken record yeah, with all the injuries they have.
1: Yeah, I mean it's like as we you know, Liz Lutz can't even practice. No. You know, Jessica Schultz almost dodged <laughs> dodged a bullet by, you know, think it they thought she had a broken shooting hand. Mm-hmm. Turns out it was not broken, but it was still her shooting hand, so she wasn't really be able to put the effort that she could in. Aaron Honkel is trying to get through it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're having to rely so heavily on people to step up. And they're trying to do the best they can, but the ones that are asked to step up aren't offensive stars, no. you know? It's like, Amber Hummer's playing out of her mind right now, mm-hmm. but she's not the player, she's not going to drop 22 a game on you. I mean, no. if Amber hits 15, that's an amazing night for her, mm-hmm. so it's like, and, and Troy understands that, you guys, we're just trying to get by, you know, the women are doing the best they can, but I think he knows this year, I think people are, like, hoping they could get back to the NCAs, but a lot of will have to go their way to get there this year. I mean, they're going to have to find ways to get wins. I think they can beat Parkside in the first round. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very distinct possibility. But after that... And then they have to go to some really good teams that they yeah. just can't keep up with. Well, I tell
0: you what, they get in as the five seed, and like you said, number four, Parkside, will be the first opponent team that they played well this year.
1: Yeah, they um, they almost beat them in Wisconsin, um, lost on a last-second three, and then they beat Parkside here at the Barry. So they're, that's a team they can beat and uh, in the postseason. But after that, you know, then they got Ashland potentially, and then they got – I think it's, it's Grand Valley, I think. I think the they two. Yeah, so it's like two teams that a hobbled. And Northern got in the postseason, the NC tournament last year, on the strength of defense. Mm-hmm. That was their thing. They held down Ashland. They held down Grand Valley. But it was a different Ashland team. Right. Ashland lost a ton last year and was basically good but not great. Right. This year, Ashland's back to being great again. Grand Valley's great, and it's just like... When you're struggling with injuries, it's not going to go. I think they get past the first round, but I think it ends in the second round.
0: How about on the hockey side of things here before we come up on the break? We've got Tech at home tonight and then on the road there tomorrow. Final week of the regular season and senior night tonight.
1: It's going to be interesting what happens tonight. I want to know what NMU team is going to show up. The team that has gotten blown out recently. They got blown up by Bemidji twice. Got blown out by Mankato. Blown up by Lake State on, the, on Friday night, but then they caught fire on the Saturday and won five to one. they mm-hmm. they've been really hot and cold like the last four weeks, and I'm thinking with senior night tonight and three, Darren Craighead's probably having. I mean, a couple of years ago he led the nation in game winning goals, but mm-hmm. he is hot right now. He's yeah. playing very well. You got Phil Baloo, All American two years ago. Arguably one of the best defensemen to come out of Northern. He's not. I know his stats aren't great this year, but he has been battling injuries. And then you have Luke Volton, who's having a career year. Hey, remember,
0: Vol- I called that last week. Yeah, I did. called he'd get the first goal of the series for no other reason than a gut feeling. Yeah, Luke Volton has gone. I mean, Luke Volton's
1: not a scorer. He's not. He's going to be like that reliable center who sets up guys. But you know, he's been scoring goals. It helps that he's been playing with Craighead, who's mm-hmm. hot. Um, they've. Dumped Lockern in there a couple times. It's just, I think because it's senior night and it's three good seniors. I mean, these aren't like guys who maybe occasionally play. You know, seniors. These are all reliable, good players, and I think they're going to want to. They're playing Tech. It win tonight, clinches home ice in the first round. It's senior night. There's a lot on the line, and Northern, if there's a lot on the line, tend to step up. Well, and
0: if there is a lot on the line in the sense that a tournament berth, an NCAA tournament berth, uh, is to be had, it all starts this weekend. Because a few weeks ago, when Northern was in the rankings at number 15, 16, and 17, 18, 19, around that area, we were saying, this is a tournament team, as long as they don't let the bottom fall out. And then the bottom fell out. They lost five straight games. They played badly in at least three of them. Really didn't have any business being in three, maybe four of them. And all of a sudden, you know, they're a team that's not going to make it unless they win the tournament. Now they might not even get home ice. They can erase all that with a win tonight, and then they're back on a semi-level playing field or about as as good of an expectation as they could be, and really not a whole lot of damage standings-wise. And the tournament has been done since uh, where they would have been a couple of weeks ago
1: Yeah, it's uh, The good thing is, as Grant pointed out He said, we may have not Been playing well, but they didn't lose that Positioning, mm-hmm. they didn't fall out a third um, They're up six On Michigan Tech, Michigan Tech's currently The sixth seed, Alaska Fairbanks And Bowling Green are tied for four So, lots can come Like I said, if Northern wins tonight They lock up four home ice, then it just comes down To seeding, yeah. then it's The thing is, is that Northern's not getting any help this week. No. Bowling Green's going to Huntsville, Mm -hmm. which should be a dominant sweep. Do you see the Mankato scores? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it sad? Isn't it? I mean, wasn't it like 10-0 and was the other one like 9-1 or Mm -hmm. something? You're just like, oof. I mean, I know Mankato's good, but... The, the season needs to end for Huntsville <laughs> just so they can just, okay, let's prepare for next season because this has just been brutal for it's them. It's been
0: a tough year for them, to yeah. say the least.
1: So Bowling Green's most likely to sweep. The question is more with Alaska Fairbanks because they're playing Anchorage. Mm-hmm. Anchorage right now could get into the WCHA tournament. Somehow. Yeah, and they're not very good. No. <laughs> so, um, But they're, it's still a rivalry game. Mm-hmm. Anchorage... Play as bad as Anchorage is, they get up when they play Alaska Fairbanks, they do so if Anchorage almost splits the weekend, that could be a huge benefit to Northern if they win tonight, Alaska falls back, Bowling Green will then move into the four seed for now, mm. and then uh, we 'll see how it goes from there and then so northern 's either going to be playing Michigan Tech, Bowling Green, or Alaska Fairbanks in the first round, weirdly enough. They could play host Michigan Tech after just playing Michigan Tech. They played Alaska Fairbanks and Bowling Green last season. So it's all teams that are very familiar to them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's interesting that there's so many question marks tonight and Saturday night.
0: I tell you what, what are you watching for? What's the biggest key as far as Northern getting at least a win tonight and hopefully a sweep going into tomorrow? Uh, the,
1: they really need to get their special teams going. They looked great Saturday against Lake State. Mm-hmm but they got to get consistent. They scored two power play goals, looked great, but that's not going to cut it. You got to get something going against Michigan Tech at the at least tonight just so you can lock it up. I mean, if you if you fall flat in Houghton, if I mean, yeah, it's disappointing, but I mean, it's like you lock up home ice tonight, it's more like a pride thing mm-hmm. at that point rather than well, this sucks, you know, kind of a thing. Well, we lost home ice now, that kind of a thing. No, Mm. it's like if they get your dom done tonight, they're going to be fine. But uh, I think I'm just excited for tonight because there there is. There's so much on the line, and it's going to be a fun night.
0: 7 o'clock puck drop in the Bear Event Center. Ryan and I will be there for Northern and tech hockey. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, I want to continue a conversation that was being had on the Will Kane show yesterday. Who is the best owner in the NFL? Next on ESPN UP.
2: Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at four on ESPN UP and on the up app.
0: Welcome back, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steag with you. Glad you're along in the sports pen this Friday afternoon. A conversation that was on the Will Cain show yesterday, Ryan. I got out of the office here after doing the show. I'm on my way to Ishpeming doing Westwood basketball, and I'm listening to Will Cain. They're having a discussion about Jerry Jones because Will, as you know, is a cowboy's diehard, sometimes to a fault. But he was talking about what it takes to be a good owner, what makes a good owner, and there are two schools of thought that it comes down to. And I think it's something that's in the eyes of every beholder. It's something like, what you value more. One school of thought is brand relevancy how relevant your franchise is how consistently you stay in the limelight how consistently you're a top brand a hot commodity you know like the cowboys for example they were in three of the five most watched nfl games this season whether they're good or bad they're always relevant the cowboys are always being talked about they uh they're getting all kinds of coverage and people will watch them whether they want to watch them because they love them or because they hate them it's just a fact of life that the cowboys are all going to be like that that partly goes into what being an owner is and i give jerry jones credit for that the other school of thought is success and how many championships you get and the reality in that sense is that jerry jones wouldn't score very well on that scale because in the last two and a half decades he has underperformed in that school of thought so it comes down to which school of thought matters more to you what about you ryan what which one matters more to you brand or success
1: i feel like Success is more important And I also think patience is a thing Mm. Like if you realize that Okay, we're going to have to rebuild Let's invest, let's put in Two, possibly three years And realize we can have a contender Mm. If we have enough common sense To stop now Like had the Red Wings figured it out And realized, hmm, maybe we should have rebuilt Like eight years ago Mm. Rather than, you know, last year So I think I think I feel like common sense and success kind of flow together because if you have a guy who just throws money just to throw money and doesn't do it you know, with any intelligence, then it's not going to work.
0: For me, I think that success is certainly bigger for a lot of fans because here's the thing, Jerry Jones, I don't know where to put him on the scale, what to give him a grade uh, because in terms of relevancy and brand, He's certainly up there. He's getting, you know, in the 90s, something like that. But in terms of success, the Cowboys have underachieved for about 25 years. That being said, I don't know where I would grade him, somewhere in the middle of that. Jerry Jones, in terms of success, isn't doing well in that sense. And if I'm a fan, and that's what matters to me, I'm not grading Jerry Jones very highly because the Cowboys are relevant because they have a lot of money. They are a lucrative franchise, the most... uh, uh, financially prosperous in America. I, I think they are in the world. I could be wrong. It might be a soccer team. It's probably think, a
1: soccer team. But... They're
0: up there in the world if they're not number one. None of that matters to the casual fan, to the average Joe. We're never going to see any of that money. It doesn't matter to us how rich Jerry Jones is or if the Cowboys have three million viewers or whatever they have or what, you know, on a given day, like they have three of the most five watched football games on a given Sunday. That doesn't matter to us because all that matters, all who matters that watch that game, is one person. That's us. I mean, that doesn't matter. So success is the only thing that matters because that's the only thing we can share in.
1: I'm pretty sure if you ask any Cowboys fan, they're hoping Jerry Jones sells the team. (laughs) Because it seems like Jerry Jones is more concerned with his own brand Mm -hmm. than actually putting a good team in the team. I mean, how many years did it take to fire Jason Garrett? Right. I mean, okay. w- yeah, and wasn't they like, a mutual being like, so, you know, would you like to leave? Yeah, I'll <laughs> leave. Okay, and it's just like, what? Mm-hmm. It's like, are you really that much of a Jason Garrett fan, or what? Does, like, you owe him money? I mean, does he, is he blackmailing you or something? But it's, I I would say if you're really going by success, you could say probably Bob Kraft out in New England mm-hmm. is out
0: there. Um... Oh, you're putting together your list now. Yeah, there, yeah, okay. The best three. Yeah. Because, and that's what they did yesterday in the Will Kane Show is they played this game with themselves. Would you rather, and they used uh, this kind of scenario where if your team was up for sale and Jerry Jones is purchasing it or someone else in the NFL, any of the other owners, who would you take? Would you rather Arthur Blank or Jerry Jones? Would you rather Shad Khan or Jerry Jones? I know that there's two I would absolutely pick before Jerry Jones – I think I would probably put Robert Kraft up there. The only reason I'm kind of held back is because, is it him or is it Belichick? That's the reason they've had the more you know more of the success. The two I absolutely know could run my franchise any day would be the Roonies in Pittsburgh that too. and the Mayors slash tishes that own the New York Giants. Just because
1: they've, they've been investing in the NFL for so long, they know how to run franchises. Mm-hmm. They've been successful over the years. Um, I would say that's... Um, if you take away the down period that the Niners had, you mm. could probably go with their ownership sure. too. Um, ask me in the early '90s; I would definitely have taken Jerry Jones. Sure. But yeah, but that was more Jimmy Johnson's success than Jerry right. Jones' success. So um, those are probably my ones too. I mean, I'll give it to the Will family of the Vikings. That's they'll, what I wanted to see. Though they are investing in the team; they aren't. Mm. They aren't Dan Snyder, who is. I mean, I don't even know what Dan Snyder does. No. I mean, he just goes into every season. Oh, okay, I'll throw a bunch of money at some veterans that are injury plagued and cost me more money mm-hmm. than I actually will get out of them. So, remember he went after Deion Sanders? Oh, geez. After the last, the complete last <laughs> leg of his career? And it's just, so I would say Dan Snyder's probably the worst. Um, you could also throw in there. You could throw in Jerry in his last recent years. You think so? Yeah,
0: I do have three in mind that okay. I want to get to here in a moment. But I did want to ask you, Ziggy Will for Jerry Jones, which one would you take?
1: I'd say Ziggy right All now. Right. All yeah. right,
0: that's so a Ziggy Will. Uh, the one thing though, I would say about Brand, and this is where Jerry Jones would grade highly as far as cowboy fans go. Uh he didn't make the Cowboys Americas team is a thing. We got to remember they were Americas team when he became the owner. So I don't know how much of that relevancy you can actually put on him. So I mean and that's that's fair I would think. Yeah. Uh fired Jimmy Johnson and kept Jason Garrett way too long. That that to me are some uh some red flags that you could grade against Jerry Jones. Um I don't know where I'd put him though because I think he does do a lot of things right. I don't know where I'd. I wouldn't put him necessarily at the bottom. I, I really wouldn't, because I do think he's doing some things right from a business standpoint. The three that I absolutely would put at the bottom, like if you, because somebody asked Will this yesterday and he didn't have enough time to get to it on his show, so I wanted to continue that conversation here. And it didn't take me long to come up with three names, and they were Dan Snyder, as you alluded to, Jimmy Haslam with the Cleveland Browns.
1: I was going to say like whoever has the Cleveland Browns at this
0: point. The guy who accidentally uh, had that whatever social media team broadcast adult films for like 20 minutes or whatever. And was
1: indicted by the federal government. He was a classy guy. His
0: brother, the former governor of Tennessee. <laughs> so, yeah, they've, they've got connections to yeah. do whatever they want. Uh, and then third one I'd add to that list, Martha Firestone Ford. You could throw her in there. She comes to mind as one of the worst owners in football. Dean Spanos. Oh, there you go.
1: I think he's forgotten because they're so second citizens in L.A. But this guy left thinking L.A. is going to give me a stadium. We're going to be popular there. No, you're playing in a <laughs> soccer stadium that you can't sell out. That is mostly the other team's fans, and you're going to have to share the Rams stadium and pay the Rams to be in that stadium. And it's like that's what ranks Dean Spanos in the top three. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say you know you could definitely make the case for Martha Ford or the Bill, the, Fo- the William Clay Ford family, basically. Um, I guess. I just, Dean Spano stands out to me just because he bet on everything that yep. him his team was so prestigious that the city of San Diego is just going to throw a bunch of money to keep him there. And San Diego said, okay, leaves," <laughs> And it's like, okay. Now I'm going to go play in Carson, California for a couple of years. It was. So I would throw him in there. I don't know if he's technically in my top three, but you could mm-hmm. definitely make it That's
0: there. That's a good one. No, I, I absolutely think that he's up there along with the Haslums and the. I would say Martha Ford is up there right now and uh, Dan Snyder and what have you. Those ones are all... Kind of floating around the bottom, what have yeah. you. Uh, up there, though, I still think it's the Roonies, the Maris Lash Tishes, the Crafts. I think you could put the Hunt family up there from Kansas yeah. City. Yeah,
1: for Kansas City. They've been, they've had a lot of sustained success, mm-hmm. and they've been in the league forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark Davis. There
0: you go. Mark Davis his, is another good one.
1: L Davis lost his mind in the last three years mm-hmm. of his uh, existence as his owner. And then Mark has been like... I'm going to be slightly more intelligent, but not that great. Um, L. Davis's philosophy, and I think I mentioned, it, is for the for was like the last six, seven years of him being an owner was I'm going to find out who the fastest guy in the draft is going to be, and that's what I'm getting. Didn't matter if he needed that guy <laughs> in position. No, I'm going to get him because speed is everything <laughs> for them. And Darius Hayward Bay getting drafted is one of the best draft moments ever because they said. Raiders draft Darius Haywood Bay, and he's watching it from home, and you see his shoulders just slump. While everybody else is celebrating, he's just like, well, this sucks. It's like that
0: guy who got drafted by the Timberwolves like three years ago. Who was that? I don't remember his name. I can't wait, but it was just
1: like, I'm going to a mess of a franchise. He was
0: so unhappy to be drafted by the Timberwolves, and I can't think of that guy's name.
1: Honestly, all the picks for the Timberwolves. Okay, yeah, together. it's probably,
0: take your pick. Any of the Timberwolves draft picks are probably not happy that they're going to play for the Timberwolves. No, no. I mean, there's
1: some teams that you just like, I don't want to go here. And, uh, you know, there's only, like, elite talent can refuse to go to a team. Mm-hmm. John Elway did it. Eli Manning did it. Yep. And they look spoiled at the time. Mm-hmm. And then they're both going to come Hall of Famers. So there you
0: go. I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you coming up on the bottom of the hour. Let's take our next time out. We'll play What He Looks Like Next on ESPN-UP.
2: Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPNUP app.
0: Welcome back, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you in The Sports Pen. Glad that you're with us as always. Here's your Sports Center update. The Arizona Cardinals will be the designated home team for the NFL's 2020 Mexico City game. The Cardinals beat the 49ers in the NFL's first ever Mexico game back in 2005. Well, how about that? How about that? Cliff Kingsbury, Mexico City. He could air it out. Down it's going to be fun. He can air it out down there. He's going to love it. Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, speaking of which, tells The Athletic that he has thought about bringing back wide receiver Des Bryant while showering. Did you see that? While showering. He thinks about Des Bryant in the shower. That's kind of creepy, too. It is very creepy. If I'm Des Bryant, I wouldn't want to go back after reading that. No. I'd consider it, but then I heard the shower part, (laughs) and then I was just like, no. And finally, a group of Catholic monks in the 17th century in uh, Germany once gave up solid foods for Lent and invented a new, unusually strong beer to sustain them for the 40 days. Hey. They lived on strong beer that they invented themselves. Hey, I know. thought that's appropriate since we're in the Lenten season now. Ash Wednesday was a couple of days ago. Yeah, how about that? Catholic monks back like 400 years ago invented their own beer back in Germany, and it was enough to get you know. This is this is cool because it's got the Iowa connection. There was a newspaper reporter in Iowa almost 10 years ago. He wanted to know: Is it really possible to live off only beer for 40 days, not eat solid food? So this reporter in Iowa decided to do the same thing. He scheduled regular checkups with his doctor, but he had no food. He just filled himself up on beer. And it was like four every weekday, and, you know, it's got to be really strong beer to, you know, give you fullness. And uh, he'd do five on the weekends, and he did it. He did it. Wow. It is possible. I don't
1: still know if I could try it. I mean, I just you have to really (laughs) like beer. And, uh...
0: You'd have to have good beer. Yeah, I tell you what, I, I feel like there's some people who would... I'm actually surprised more people haven't tried it now that I think about this even more. I mean,
1: I could see college students doing sure. it. Sure. Very much so.
0: Yeah, live only on beer. Yeah, he lost like 25 pounds, so I'm glad he was, this reporter did. I'm glad that he was checking with his doctor regularly, but yeah, I, I guess. I mean, it's possible, and these monks did it. Natural light. <laughs> I don't think Natty Light would do the trick. No, no. Just, like, I wouldn't want it to do the trick. No.
1: Uh, if you're going to go that much effort into it, you got to get good beer. Well,
0: hey, if you're not spending money on food, you probably got more money to spend on quality exactly. drinks. There you, you know. go. Then maybe that was a thought process. Or if he did it for work, maybe he got his work to pay for it. Work pays for your drinks. How about that? Works for me. I wish mine did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... <like, laughs> I just, okay, <laughs> uh, I was late reacting to that. Yeah. Uh, we have what he looks like is played on the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gotts. We play it here with Ryan Stieg here on Friday afternoons in the sports pen. I've got some faces here on the monitor. Ryan, let's jump right into it. First and foremost, does Barry Melrose look like he wears a jean jacket with a, dif- a different Disney character embroidered on it to church every week? I Barry
1: Melrose is a guy who has a planet Hollywood jacket. <laughs> if you remember that restaurant like he went all in on on a bad restaurant with a bunch of celebrities but shows it with pride because he refuses to admit that he was made, he made a bad investment.
0: You can just look at him and tell that he's a guy that wants to express himself through his jacket. His outerwear tells a story. Well I mean he's wearing a purple a purple suit. In, in the, this picture, In yeah. this
1: picture, yeah. So th- this is a guy, maybe not as outlandish as Don Cherry, but a guy who, I mean, he has a mullet <laughs> still. It's like, that went out in the early 90s, man. It's like, way to embrace a terrible era, you know?
0: You didn't like the 90s? I, no, I meant like a terrible hairstyle. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, you know? you, got you. okay, yeah. I tell you what, Barry Melrose, to kick things off. Uh, Does Mark Tressman look like your new life coach who disappears after receiving your six-month down payment, then a few weeks later you find out he's been arrested two towns over?
1: He's the kind of guy who, if you, like, would try to recruit you to invest in a pyramid scheme Mm. and then takes your money, like, hey, so you know, neutral life or whatever like that, you know, invest in here and you can reach the top of the pyramid and you put in like your original $1,000 investment fee and you never see it again.
0: So we agree that Mark Tressman looks like white collar crime. Very much. So Yeah, absolutely a new coach of the Tampa Bay Viper. Maybe he needs to start doing that because coaching in the XFL has been working out for him here. Or the really. NFL. Remember he coached the NFL. NFL that's <laughs> right. Uh, does Mike Zimmer look like a rogue southern preacher whose parish is constantly monitored by law enforcement and his favorite bedtime story as a child was the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah? Wow. <laughs> Doesn't
1: he? A little bit in that yeah. picture. He looks like the guy who will try to recruit uh, we're, we're trying to recruit youth to go to his troop. To, God, I'm struggling today. I'm tired. But he, he looks like the guy who will try to recruit youth in his area to come to his church and go all out with it. Like, throw, like, everything at them. Like, go, you know, help, just hell in high water to go after him. He'll, You know, like, hey, here's some perks to go through. We'll have this amazing party, a lock-in every night. You know, I'll buy all the food. You know, come on in, kids. You went a different
0: thing. direction than the picture I was trying to paint with it. Okay. Have you ever seen the movie Red State? I have. He, he kind of reminds me of that guy in this picture. Ooh. In this picture, and, and I yeah. don't want to go too far into detail about that guy, but uh, kind what, of the sinister minister type yeah. of guy. The sinister minister, so, I in like a that. way, in a way, that's kind of what Mike Zimmer reminds me of. Uh, here's a fun one: Does that new <laughs> guy. I love that photo. <laughs> Does new Michigan State defensive coordinator Scotty Hazelton look like he eats nothing he can't catch and wears nothing he can't skin himself?
1: He look. Yeah, we're talking about a guy who lives in the sw- like he could be on the Swamp Hunters. <laughs> That History Channel show lives in the Everglades, you know, kills gators for a living. He doesn't look
0: like he lives that far south. No, well, I mean, anyway, like he lives out
1: in the woods, lives out in the swamp, you know, kills his own food. Mountain man, yeah, very much so. And that beard is just magnificent. I Uh, love that guy. He looks like an old co-worker I had in
0: Illinois. I'm gonna be so happy that he is gonna be the Spartans' defensive coordinator, and we get to talk about him as local news as long as he's there. I hope they never fire him. In fact, I hope they promote him. I, I think they're going to p- go all in on his look and, like, print T-shirts
1: in it for the student section.
0: I am already... I, I'm going to love Scotty Hazelton. This show should have Scotty Hazleton on it. Like, we're going to be obsessed with him. You should. We really are. Uh, so, Scotty Hazleton made an appearance here. He's so nice. We did it again, Ryan. Different picture, though. Does new Michigan State defensive coordinator Scotty Hazelton look like he knew how to start a fire with a rock and two sticks before he learned how to walk?
1: Very much. He looks like a... Uh...
0: That you want to a bucket yeah, hat. He
1: looks like, you know, like the the scoutmaster at the national jamboree and is there to give you tips on how to survive in the wilderness. Like it looks like he's Remember Sabin's awful hat. Oh yeah. It looks like he like attempted to imitate Nick Saban and decided to go all out with it basically.
0: Kind of like a bucket hat. It's like yeah. a, it's a really mossy bucket hat. Do you think we can go uh yeah. we can go for 3 with him? Oh, you're doing it again. We have him again. A different picture of him this time because he's so malleable with this. Does new defensive coordinator for Michigan State Scotty Hazelton look like when he hears someone talk about the South? He thinks that means Toronto. Well, he's in this picture.
1: He's wearing Wyoming gear. Yeah, so ignore he, that. Yeah, but if with the Wyoming gear, I think he looks like the guy who has a shack in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Kind of blames the government, you know, that yeah. kind of a thing. You know, just. Go on his property, and he might—he's either going to, you know, greet you with a shotgun, or he's going to, you know, offer them, you know, the (laughs) rabbit he just killed. You know, that's what he looks like right in this. One of those
0: hermits that lives out there in like the Idaho wilderness. Does Garner Minshew look like he teaches discount karate out of a storage unit, which he calls his dojo, Cobra Kai? Cobra Kai.
1: (laughs) He looks like a he looks like. One of the guys from the Cobra Kai that wasn't that wasn't Johnny Lawrence, no. like one of like the sidekicks to Johnny Lawrence, and uh, he, he's the guy who would yell out, put him in a body bag. That would be that guy. <laughs> That's Garner <laughs> Minshew. <Minchin.
0: laughs> Gardner Minshew, we should have on this show as yeah. well. I would love it. Does Brad Stevens look like he thinks mayonnaise is spicy? Oof.
1: Probably thinks uh, Worcestershire sauces just gives him that zing that he needs when eating his roast beef from Arby's. That's, an, that's uh, Arby's is a risk for him. That's that's him living on the wild that's side. That's
0: way too much of a sensitive stomach. Yeah. He's like just the most vanilla guy. And and he's
1: good at his job, yeah, he but he's he just he really is. He looks like just a very like boring guy, <laughs> you know, like the guy who sits next to you at work, but you don't really want to talk to because no. you have nothing in common. But he's very efficient at his job.
0: Goes goes home after coaching the Celtics, turns on C-SPAN, has a cup of milk, goes to yeah, bed. A cup of milk, yeah.
1: You know, How about that watching C-SPAN, just be like you know. I really don't like this procedure. You know, this uh, <laughs> they need to invest more money with the Appropriations <laughs> Committee on this. Oh, this
0: is never going through the Joint Chief of Staff. No, no
1: very much so. It might get through committee, but it's not going to pass the House.
0: <laughs> Couple more on here. Uh, let's oh, see. Bruce I'm <laughs> Missing one on here, though. So let's go right to Boudreaux. Does Bruce Boudreau look like he teaches a spoken word class at the local community center and encourages his students not to use rhymes because rhymes are shackles to creativity? Ooh. I, he looks like a guy who would tr- teach a class that you would not
1: expect. No, you know it's like when Simpsons when Mo Sizlak, you know, taught funk dancing for self defense. <laughs> <laughs> like he looks like he's that kind of guy. Just i the class he teaches is going to be just way off the wall that you wouldn't expect.
0: You <laughs> like funk dancing
1: for self defense? Isn't it great?
0: <laughs> I couldn't imagine Bruce Pedro doing funk no, dancing for
1: self defense. Wow.
0: Uh, Last one here. I don't have a picture of Freddy Kitchens up here, but you know what he looks like. Mm. Does Freddy Kitchens look like the farmer in a low-budget horror movie called Farmageddon Vengeance of the Herd? Ooh. Ooh. That's like a a cheap sci-fi movie. I'm thinking about making it. Yeah. Uh, To my knowledge, that movie does not exist. And if anyone's out there, please don't take it. Yeah. It's going to be my ticket. It's going to be my ticket to the big time. Farmageddon Vengeance of the Herd.
1: Animal Farm without the politics, it. just <laughs> just everybody just going insane and going after the men.
0: Starring Freddie Kitchens. Hmm. He'll be the farmer in that Very movie. So.
1: And Kitchens, that last name, it's perfect. It, it is, farm but movie.
0: Farmer Kitchens, yeah, Farmer Kitchens and his Farmageddon and the vengeance of the herd.
1: Who would lead the Armageddon against him? That's the thing.
0: Oh, it'd be the animals.
1: Oh no, but which animal?
0: Uh, whatever one's herd. Ooh, I don't know. Cattle? Do cattle's herd? Uh-huh. I, I heard a cat. Well, yeah, that's yeah. a thing, right? So like a bull would lead it? Probably. Think? Okay. I think the bull would, you know, and bulls can do that. Bulls are intimidating.
1: Uh-huh. Well, there's so many spins on Animal Farm, like who leads the revolt on the end? I mean, there was a cartoon version where the donkey led the charge, mm-hmm. and then there was the pigs who took over the farm is it crazy. It's a great book if you ever read it, you know, yeah, but I uh,
0: read it. I don't remember if I liked it or not. <laughs> read it my freshman year of high school. I I don't know. Didn't leave that big you, of an impression you, you on You read me. it, but you don't remember if you liked I it I fell asleep well. twice reading it. I do remember that. I remember that, falling asleep while reading it, more than actually what happened in it.
1: I, if my experience, the books that you read in high school, you either really, really love them, like you understand why they're classics, and then there's ones that you're like... How was this a classic book?
0: I can't think of one book in high school I genuinely liked. I liked of Mice and Men, that was a good one. Uh, and I liked All Quiet in the Western Front, that was fun. Uh, okay, yeah, we read the same books in high school, didn't we? I feel we? like a lot of schools have the same do, books yeah, in high school. It's probably true. I don't I don't know. I can't think of anyone that I was really that enamored with. Okay. But we got on the subject of Animal Farm. Yeah. So. There you go, Farmageddon, that, man. How about that? Farmageddon is going to be like a low-budget remake of Animal Farm. Like the budget's like
1: 10000 bucks.
0: But they make up for it with like a lot more violence exactly. and war and it's just going to turn out awful.
1: Rated Farmageddon, R.
0: Vengeance of the Herd. Straight to DVD. Oh, not even <laughs> rated. Not even rated? No, no, the MPA is not even going to waste their time on it. Oof. It's going to be that bad, but that's going to be my ticket.
2: There you go. Go for it.
0: Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take our last time out. Friday Funnies next here on ESPN-UP.
2: Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. This is the part of the
0: show where I genuinely plug what we have coming up for tonight on ESPN-UP, but... Tell you what, it has been a long time since we've had a uh, Friday night where we're not covering a game here in ESPN-UP. It is just, it's weird. It's a weird feeling. So, if you missed this show, check it out on demand with the ESPN-UP app or at ESPNUP.com. Season's coming to an end, man. Isn't it? It's the first time since November that I've Ooh. had a Friday night where I'm not doing a basketball game. Well, all right. How about that? Well, okay, I should say, uh, because we had the brief Christmas break, and I wasn't here during Christmas break. You know, I was out of the office back in Iowa. I was there for Christmas, so this is the first time I've been in the office working on a Friday, not getting ready for a game There you go. How about that? It's probably nice in a way. In a way. Takes yeah. a little pressure yeah. off. but You don't have to race out there, you know, get ready for a pregame show. I mean, I, I like doing that, though, is the uh-huh. thing, is I really do like it. Sometimes I could use a break. Is it nice to have a little bit of a break? Yeah. Absolutely. I think the coaches would tell you the exact same thing. You know what? They love what they do. They need a little break sometimes. But we're all going to miss this here in about a month or so. We're all going to miss this here in yeah. a little bit. it
1: going to be hard to find things to talk about. I don't,
0: nah, I tell you what, we got a lot coming up here. we got uh, we got the Olympics that's yeah. going to start despite the coronavirus. We've got, uh, see? japan is gonna play in like empty stadiums for their baseball games now you interesting yeah it's like remember in 2015 that orioles white Sox game yep. in front of an empty stadium yeah it's gonna be like that except for a much different reason
1: it's such a crazy that was a g- crazy game and mm-hmm. then people like shot photos of it yes. and just like you could hear the bats <laughs> you could hear the players talking on field yeah. like from
0: if you listen to the broadcast yeah
1: it's it was like, so weird i do like to broadcast that game it'd be weird It'd be so weird to do that game. You know, if fans were here, they would really be cheering that <laughs> RBI double off the wall, you know? But they're not, so there. I'll try to make it sound exciting. I tell you what. Like, like, uh, like in Major League, Harry Doyle, mm-hmm. you know, leads the clap. Hey! 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 go Rack? how about that, you know? Ah, oh, crazy. Great
0: contribution there, Marty. Yeah. Mon- Monty. I yeah. think Monty. Was yeah. it Monty or Marty?
1: Yeah. Dynamite contribution there, man. There you go. At broadcasting school, really paying off. <laughs> <up. laughs> I love that
0: quote. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steeg with you. We end the show every Friday with the Friday Funnies. What do you have this week, well, Ryan?
1: I told you about this one between the breaks. So Southern Miss went all out in their recruiting process. Mm. They sent out 587 recruiting offers. They got
0: 23 commits. For one sport? For football. For Wow.
1: That, uh, that is an FBS internet record, by far.
0: Just imagine if, by some miracle, it would never happen if everybody said yes. What would they do?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're that good of a program that so many people would want to be part of that, then you're getting into NCA violations <laughs> and stuff like that. But why would you put that much wow. into it? And
0: then only get 23 And back? then only
1: get 23 of them. Well, we put all this effort in and got the bare minimum is what we got.
0: The so. biting farves. Yeah, the Fighting Farves.
1: Straight out of Hattiesburg. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Would you ever uh, compete in a food competition? Sure. Would you ever compete in this one where Raven's left guard Brad Bozeman ate a 72-ounce steak, a shrimp cocktail, a baked potato, a salad, and a butter roll in 50 minutes to complete a challenge? Could you do all that?
0: Say it one more time. Seventy-two
1: ounce steak, a shrimp cocktail, a baked potato, salad, and a butter roll in fifty minutes.
0: No, I don't like salad.
1: Yeah, yeah, because you got to eat it all.
0: <laughs> I mean, they're really
1: some people are really strict restaurants. Like, even if you're like, well, I'm not a fan of onions. Well, you got to eat it anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I, I, it, it's too much of a steak for me.
0: You know how people can be vegetarians and won't eat any kind of meat. I'm the opposite. I choose not to eat vegetables. Oh, i like, well, I'll eat some vegetables like corn, you know, because obviously I'm from Iowa. I'll eat mashed potatoes. Some stuff I'm just going to be opposed to. Can you like imagine salad. being from
1: F- Iowa and not eating corn? Oh no, we wouldn't allow it. You, you wouldn't allow you in the state anymore. You got to nope. leave. Got to leave. Go to Wisconsin or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do I got here? Uh, you know, the Browns held an open
0: casket for their funeral for their live mascot. I, I did. I did not bring that up, though, because we're talking about a dead dog, man. That's not funny. That's not in the Friday funnies. It's funny that they live-streamed it. What? (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's the funny part. Only the Browns would think, you know what people would really like to watch? A funeral for a dead dog.
0: (laughs) They live-streamed that? They
1: live-streamed it. Now... The funeral for the dead dog is sad, but the fact that they live-streamed it is what makes it funny.
0: I don't honestly know which is worse. I honestly don't know which is worse, them live-streaming a dead dog's funeral or them live-streaming an adult film last fall.
1: That Doesn't that just sum up Cleveland? It no.
0: does. That sums up <laughs> one franchise. They're so inept. They are so inept, and I don't know which one is worse that <laughs> <but> they live-streamed.
1: <laughs> Did you see, uh, well, you know that Madison Bumgarner, of course. Oh, yeah. You know, competes in rodeos under the name Mason Saunders mm-hmm. and apparently recently won $26,000 yeah, in the rodeo competition. Well, now, I love this. A, the San Jose Giants are adding Mason Saunders night. I hope you would, com- you would uh, compete in this. Fans are supposed to dress up like their alias or alter ego.
0: Oh, Yes.
1: Yeah, that's the question though. What would your alter ego be? Was
0: mine? Yeah. That... Oh, I, I have a multitude of aliases. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I need them, call uh-huh. upon them. I'll, I can, I can share a couple if you do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have your aliases too, on hand? Ugh I'd have to not offhand, but, but I'm I, uh... going out in the town. I'm having myself a night. I am gorgeous Johnny Flamethrower. Okay. Yep. You ever hear that? You know who that is? Hanner Toops. That's who you're gonna see. Go- <laughs> no, that is not mine.
1: <laughs> gorgeous Johnny Flamethrower. <laughs> I should make that my alias. I'll be Tanner Hoops when (laughs) when I'm out (laughs) on the town. (laughs) Who's that guy? That's just that Tanner Hoops guy. (laughs) Crazy guy. Um, You see, Wilder Base blamed his loss on the fact that he wore a 40-pound steel yes. entrance costume. How is that what caused you to lose? Were you winded walking to the he arena? He says he
0: didn't have his legs anymore because he was carrying 40 pounds. Well, don't wear a 40-pound well, to the to the to the octagon. Did you think whatever. like you wouldn't be tired wearing that? Jeez, Here's the like... funny thing. And then Fury's
1: being carried on a throne. <laughs> who, who made the smarter choice there? <laughs> oh, I could be carried to the ring, or I could you know hobble myself all the way down there. It was just... Awful. Okay, so Texas woman is charged with fraud after using the Rockets in- owner's info.
0: Hmm. Bad move.
1: Attempted to use his social security number to open a new line of credit, and apparently had a dozen other potential victims, including the heirs of the Walmart fortune. How'd she get these? That's a good question. Mm. And what made you choose these specific people? <laughs> You know why the Rockets owner? Why don't you go after Jerry Jones or Bob McNair or something like that? I mean, you wouldn't think Rockets. You would think they'd go after football.
0: First. I mean, if I'm going after any Texas basketball team's owner, I'm picking Cuban.
1: Oh, very much. So. I want Mark Cuban's. He has much. He has very much more money. Yeah. And the problem is, he'd probably notice it a lot faster. Probably. Um. Okay. So we talked about food and the challenge. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know why he chose this route, because he just could have eaten this. Ben Barch out of St. John's, Oh, yes, Minnesota, I'm glad you brought this up. He needed to increase his caloric intake to be bigger, mm-hmm. to be in draft. He actually has now become a top draft prospect because he's gotten bigger. A Division
0: three lineman is going to get taken to the NFL draft this year. Because
1: of how big he is. He would take seven scrambled eggs, a big tub of cottage cheese, quick grits, peanut butter, banana, and Gatorade. Now you could just eat that yourself mm-hmm. but he threw it all in a blender and drank it in a smoothie. That's gotta be one of the most disgusting smoothies ever. And he said I just choked it down. I don't how you could choke that down. It just there's so much nasty stuff. You imagine also if you got a bright color mm-hmm. like if you got red Gatorade, how oh, it would be even worse.
0: <laughs> I just I I to to give background on the story, uh he's a Division Three tight end from Collegeville, Minnesota, playing at St. John's University. He got invited to the NFL Combine. He is projected to be drafted into the NFL this year, but as an offensive lineman, so he needed to gain seventy pounds. He did so by putting together a shake he made at home from Gatorade, cottage cheese, peanut butter, instant grits, you know, microwavable grits. Uh, bananas. bananas, and what's the other thing I'm missing? Seven scrambled eggs. That's it. And I, he would drink that as a smoothie. It's too gross. Hey, I mean, he's dedicated.
1: I gotta give him that, but yeah. it's just like, it, there's too much gross stuff to combine <laughs> together in there. Okay, two of them to end with... Okay, so people are... The whole Barry Sanders-Bernie thing, isn't oh, hilarious? Yes. Okay, so some people were in an uproar because Garth Brooks played at Ford Field and was wearing a Barry Sanders jersey. Mm-hmm. People thought he was endorsing Bernie Sanders by doing so.
0: Because his number is 20, like the year 2020, yeah. and it said Sanders on the back. Do you do these people never follow football? It's in your home city. Barry Sanders is maybe the greatest line of all time. We're talking sports icon
1: in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And you guys think, oh, that's it? He's endorsing a political candidate? Mm-hmm. No. He's wearing a shirt... Singers do that all the time in every town they go to. Mm-hmm. I mean, people go to Lambeau and they wear Packers jerseys. Sure. Are they actual Packers fans? No, it's to, you know, you know, connect with the crowd a little bit.
0: But people see Garth Brooks wearing a blue jersey that says number 20 in Sanders, and they think, oh, Sanders for the Democratic primary presidential nominee 2020, that he must be a Bernie Sanders fan. They don't realize he's wearing a jersey of the hometown hero, the football player. Barry Sanders.
1: And the funny thing is that people were actually trying to point out to some of these people, uh, you know, it's actually Barry Sanders. No, can't be Barry Sanders.
0: <laughs> okay, hey, how do you how
1: do you argue that? It's like you're arguing with Lions fans that <laughs> it's not Barry Sanders. You're arguing with logic. Yeah, I just that's a huge. I love that story so much because how could you read that and think the wrong thing? Unless you just don't follow football.
0: Garth Brooks does though, thankfully. Yeah, they got okay. friends in low places. I love that song. Isn't that great? I'm not a I country fan, but I love that song. Everyone does. Uh
1: finally okay, so the complaints to the halftime show of the Super Bowl to the FCC there 1312 complaints were sent to them mm-hmm. and some of the complaints are too funny. One guy apparently kept a very detailed list. Oh no. And another person said this is like soft porn. And I'm like if you're creating that detailed of a list, chances are you enjoyed it, (laughs) and you're trying to make it sound like
0: you didn't. And... Who has the time to complain to the FCC? How do you complain to the FCC? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to give out how to do it on air, <laughs> but I don't know honestly how to do that. Don't you write letters or something like that? And who has the time to do that? Why wouldn't you just go on social media and complain about it? I mean, I, that's what I would think the majority of people would do, is go say something on Twitter, like, Oh, this is appro- inappropriate, No, do that on Facebook, not actually write a letter to the FCC. Yeah, that is a lot of time.
1: For something that in the. The best part, I think, is that some of these people watched the whole show. Mm-hmm. If you really weren't a fan of it, why did you. You could have just stopped watching it. No, I'm going to watch all 20 minutes of it <laughs> and then complain that what I saw. I mean, it's like when people, you know. You have to listen to Howard Stern mm-hmm. and then complain about Howard Stern. And you're like, well, why are you listening if you don't <laughs> want to listen to it? It's like it's a remarkably easy thing. Hit the channel number or turn the dial a little bit and find something else. But uh, 1,300 people had enough time on their hands to complain to the FCC. Yeah,
0: it just about. surprises me. that, and Honestly, that's not a huge number. But it still surprises me that this day and age, when we have social media available, that that's the route people choose to express their feelings about something is not just go directly to Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, I can you
1: imagine if the FCC was on Twitter,
0: oh boy, <laughs> it'd be relentless.
1: Yeah, like day after day, the like tiniest of things. You know, watched a crazy commercial. Got to be better than that, the FCC, <laughs> and uh, it's just. I just can't believe there's that many people who found the time to write letters to the FCC. I mean, I can't bring myself to write a letter at times. No, and, and it's like it's like a nostalgic thing. Writing letters is fun, but it's just like, it's a lot of your time. I don't even write letters to people I like. Yeah. I mean, filling out a greeting card is kind of a <laughs> pain in sometimes, because it's like... I mean, a lot of times you'll write a greeting card, especially if it's a group one. You're, like, trying to think of something unique to say, but there really isn't a whole lot of unique to say. Like, if I know someone who's, like, where I have a lot of inside jokes with them, Mm. where I know really well, but if this is, like, a common acquaintance, I mean... Okay, <laughs> I guess I'll try to sound interesting. So, but
0: <laughs> I tell you what, Tanner Hoops Ryan Steg with you as we hit the five o'clock hour on ESPN UP. Always good to have you here, our dog. What do you have coming up? You want to plug of the mining? Journal? Well, there's going to be, of course,
1: there's the game recap from the hockey game. Is going to be in the paper. It's going to be the big story, and then uh, I'm writing a column. I'm uh, writing about the goaltender in oh. the Hurricanes, you know, who, yeah, you know, I, talking about how, you know, he kind of put hockey in the spotlight, and how it was a fun little story, and it's got, it's, it's a fun kind of a
0: column, so. So his stick is going to the Hockey Hall of Fame? Isn't that perfect? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So happy for that guy, so happy it happened.
1: Yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's a great story, and if you don't know the background, you know, read my column and you'll get everything, so. Hey, let Grant
0: know when you see him tonight, I'll be there if he needs a, an emergency goal at night. Okay. I can be called upon. No yeah. experience. But, whatsoever. Uh, I haven't skated since I was maybe eight, but uh, you know what? That's why they call me an emergency goal. Just,
1: just sprawl out on the ice. That's it, what I'm going to do. Yeah, just flop all over the place. I'm
0: six foot three. I can take up a bunch of the net. I got long yeah. arms, long wingspan. You would like the walrus in that commercial, <laughs> the Geico commercial. If that's a compliment, Dun- thank you. Dunkin' the Walrus. There dunk you go. In the wal- <laughs> thank you, Ryan. On that note, let's <laughs> call it a weekend. Thanks for tuning in to Sports Pen with Ryan Stegan Tanner Hoops, and ESPN UPWZAM Ishpeming Marquette.